G'day and welcome to the In The Know, On The Go podcast produced by Humans of Agriculture. Our podcast is designed to get you across the things that matter in Aussie agribusiness in a way that's just, well, bloody easy to understand. Think of me as a friend, I, that is learning with you as we discover and chat about the topics from farm to fork and even beyond. G'day and welcome back. I'm joined by the incredible Carl Linders. I'm sitting on Wiradjuri country at the moment, and I'd like to extend those respects to the country wherever you're taking our podcast. It's definitely one of the things I love is just how far and wide this podcast reaches. And someone who knows how big and broad Australia is, is Carl Linders from Weather Matters. Carlos, mate, g'day. Ollie, long time no speak from Ngunnawal country. How are you going? I'm going well, mate. It has been a little while since we had our weather update. Mm. And only last week, kind of the trigger went and I go, went, gosh, I need to get Carl back on. I was chatting to a lady called Erica <laughs> Halliday, who's a podcast guest coming up. And she said, and this is definitely a compliment, she said she loves how real you tell the farmers and your clients when it comes to the weather. So she was over in yeah. Europe and she was trying to get away from work, but she was saying one of the key things she was checking was the update from Carl Linders at Weather Matters. And I said to her, oh. I said, Erica, do you, do you want me to let Carl know? And she said, no, now I'm getting a little bit embarrassed because I feel like I'm fa- a fan of his. Anyway, oh. Erica says, g'day. She is a big fan and I want you to know, mate, that the work you're doing is really hitting the ground where it matters and people are absolutely loving what you do. That's great to hear. That's good to hear. And that's the heart and soul of Weather Matters to bridge the gap and bring in that extra info and making sure that it's available 24-7 on demand because the weather never stops and apparently neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. And you're even hitting Europe. There you go. So the farmers are taking you with them on holidays <laughs> and switching off from everything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Love it. Mate, since last time we spoke, El Nino has officially been declared. So um, starting off, El Nino hotter drier conditions generally Mm. like where are we at because it feels like at the moment and having conversations with different people so people are a little bit confused we're talking hot or dry but then we had some really strange weather kind of come through that dropped 30 mils in places across southern new south wales and victoria recently Pretty typical, Ollie, where we have moved into the warmer, dry cycle after the past three years of just being flooded out and, and a lot of cloud, a lot of moisture, and crops basically washed down river streams. This year, completely opposite. We spoke about that at the top of the year about it being a much drier, hotter year. We've seen that in relation to the El Nino, but it's the Indian Ocean dipole, which is currently positive at the moment, which doesn't get as much of a, a run in the media circles. And that's probably what is driving the drier signal across the country at the moment. The El Nino has certainly been with us since July, but that's starting to take its impact across the east and north of the country from about now through to about March next year. So we are seeing a double whammy at the moment where last year we had the Enso region, which is governed by El Nino at the moment, was La Nina. And so that was why it was so wet last year. And the Indian Ocean, by coincidence, was in a negative phase, which is a wetter phase. So we're completely the opposite this year. And that's just the way it works in this country. And that's the response that most climate scientists, most meteorologists were expecting for 2024. So we're basic, uh, 23 rather, we are running through the end of 23 into 24, drier as expected, and that's expected to last probably through to about autumn at this time. So be a little bit cause for concern, but then at the same time, like I've heard in recent days that we're about to get a cold snap moving across. That's going to bring some really wintry mm-hmm. weather later this week on the 24th, 25th of October. 
That's exactly right. And that's the, the weird part about that is, is that people think it's just continuously cold when we have El Nino phases. But the rule of thumb I really want farmers to concentrate on is the northward extension of those westerly winds south of Australia. And what we do get through the springtime in, and even including summertime around Christmas, we can also get cold snaps of air. And that brings in the risk of late season frost. And so for some areas of southern New South Wales, northern Victoria, eastern South Australia, there is a risk of frost developing Thursday, Friday morning across the croplands at the moment. So that's something to watch out for in the south while we're absent of rainfall. But speaking of rainfall, we are looking at showers and thunderstorms developing over the fire grounds in eastern New South Wales and parts of southern Queensland, potentially in the next 36 to 48 hours, which will bring some temporary relief. They're not drought breaking at all. They're just going to be some showers and storms that'll just break the monotony of dry weather. So a little bit of interesting weather in the short term, but that is not mirrored in what we're seeing or reflected beyond next week. We are looking at relatively hot and dry conditions for the remainder of the nation, maybe a couple of lingering thundery showers in the east east of New South Wales, maybe Queensland, but gee, the tropics are dry at the moment, Ollie. They are really struggling to get their first season rainfall. Well, I don't know which direction to go in here. Let's talk about, let's stay on the tropics. Isn't there a cyclone mm. developing up in northern Australia? Well, to the east, a tropical cyclone Lola was named by uh, Fiji Met Service well and truly to the east of the country. But we are seeing that being a Category 5 storm this morning, uh, as this goes to air, this was a Category 5 storm. It's expected to weaken east of New Caledonia over the coming 36 hours, being ripped apart by upper-level winds, and that'll be no consequence to Australia's weather. But it does signal the influence of the El Nino to the northeast of Australia, those warmer waters that bring in the extra moisture and the heat engine room for rainfall, all in that part of the world has little influence. So for the tropical north of Australia, we are looking at dry weather continuing, desiles of one to two in rainfall, and we're looking at desiles of seven to nine in temperatures across northern Australia for the next six weeks. And that's uh, going to extend the fire danger ratings right through to the end of November. Currently, there's an enormous fire in the Barclay, which is uh, causing some havoc for our pastoralists. So certainly the uh, hot, dry start to summer continue, uh, to the wet season rather, continues over northern Australia. Sticking on the theme of fires, there is quite a few burning. Is there going to be any temporary relief with some of those falls or does it actually come with more risk as well? comes with more risk because we're looking at thunderstorms becoming more active as the heat engine room really cranks into November. We are likely to see more scattered storms over northern Australia. They will extend down a pair of troughs that are semi-permanent on our charts in the west the West Coast trough that drives a heat engine room over WA, they'll spark some storms, but it comes with the risk of dry lightning, and that's going to be a big feature for our summertime in the West. That's also likely in the east of the country as well. We will see some thunderstorm activity in the short term. I don't think that adds to the fire risk beyond tomorrow, tomorrow being Wednesday, the 25th fire danger rating. I think for the end of the week, we are looking at conditions easing in those regions. However, as we move through the rest of November, throughout most of summer, all of Australia should be on alert for dry lightning. That is just the way it goes in El Nino years. Well, and there's certainly plenty of headers and machinery and people out in paddocks at the moment. I, I remember back in 2015, mm. we were harvesting a, a paddock and we'd come across, it was a pretty dry year. Didn't even realise that there was a, a part mm. of the paddock that was just completely blackened, that lightning strike had started a fire. Fortunately, it had burnt itself out, but definitely something which, yeah, yeah can be pretty scary out there. Speaking of harvest, I got a Snapchat the other day. Yes, I still use Snapchat of a mate up in Deer and Bandy. <laughs> He'd put, like, the cracks in his soil were absolutely huge, bigger than the Grand Canyon. He had a, a spray mm. rod that he was using. It was about a metre and a half long. Whole thing disappeared down one of the cracks. They are seriously dry up in southern Queensland there. 
extraordinarily dry. And considering last year we had those flood warnings that persisted through this time last year, and, and the tap was certainly turned off from December, and it really has not rained in that part of the world via the isolated thunderstorms, really. It's been a very dry season through parts of Queensland. That dry is expected to continue. There's been some fire dangers also through the Darling Downs and through the Granite Belt in recent days too. No real relief on the horizon, Ollie, in the next six to eight weeks, looking at the data sets this morning before uh, coming on air to do this with you. There's still no strong signal for rainfall. I will mention, though, as we start to see the peak of the El Nino in the December through January window, it doesn't eliminate the chance of thunderstorm activity. And also, just jumping back to the tropics, we also have to look at the how the monsoon behaves over, over northern Australia. And whether we do see a rogue tropical entity come down through the inland of the country. Now, we saw that back, I'm going to sound the top of my head, and I'm sure someone can correct me on this. I think it was about three or four years ago over Mount Isa. Now, Mount Isa and the points of the Northwest Pastoral were enduring a extremely, extremely dry year. And it was in significant drought through most of the Gulf country. And then we had that rogue tropical system at the bottom of the Gulf that flooded out the entire region with a four or five day rain event, and it didn't rain again for 12 months. That is possible. That happens. That Those rogue systems can happen. So while we're seeing very dry conditions across northern Australia, the eastern inland, and generally right across Australia, we just have to watch out for these rogue weather events that can happen at any time in any climate cycle. So while the risk is less than 5%, it's still a risk. And so those short and medium-term forecasts are really in crucial rather than gazing out long into the distance. It's those short and medium-term forecasts, Ollie, that farmers should be paying attention to, not just for fires, but for severe weather season issues such as thunderstorm activity as well as those tropical cyclone risks. Hey, it's Nick here, sheep farmer and Rabobank Regional Client Council member. I'm passionate about supporting our local community so we can improve community wellbeing and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives, those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability and help bridge the country-city divide. We've helped organisations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision, and held succession planning workshops, just to name a few. If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you. So, very, very important time of year, latter part of the year for people, especially with harvest that has kicked off a little bit earlier than definitely the last few years, but slightly earlier than normal as well. Let's start in the West. What can people expect as they look towards Christmas time um, with the harvest season? Well, for WA, they're already well and truly underway. They've had a very dry, well, filling season or wet season over in the West. Those conditions are expected to continue. There's not a great deal of rainfall showing up on charts in the short and medium term. That takes us out through to the 15-day rainfall window. Temperatures likely above average. We are looking at potentially a heat wave developing through Western Australia through the first week of November could see temperatures in excess of 40 degrees for about three or four days in that stretch. That's just on current guidance. That's for all areas of the West. Rainfall-wise, not looking at much. I don't think we'll see much in the way of above-average rainfall through WA away from the northwest Kimberley coast. So anywhere away from the northwest Kimberley coast can expect below-average rainfall. And again, the increased risk of fire dangers. So just be mindful of that if you are operating machinery in those total fire ban zones or those high fire ban zones. And then as we come across to the east coast, how are we looking from Queensland, the harvest following down? What does it look like in the run into Christmas for those people who are harvesting? 
Yeah, still pretty dry through much most of the food bowl, through the northern food bowl into Queensland, west of the Sunshine Coast, really right up into the Cape York Peninsula now. We are looking at well below average rainfall. Temperatures above average away from Cape York Peninsula. So again, a bit like the tropics, those sort of northern tips are a little bit cooler. Everywhere else is drier and hotter. Again, the risk of thunderstorms, not zero. We are looking at clusters of thunderstorms developing through November. So again, just be on the alert for damaging winds. Not a great deal of rainfall with the drier air mass, Ollie, with thunderstorm activity through the food bowl, through much of Queensland into northern Victoria. There is a risk of higher, well, the higher risk of hail as well, these thunderstorms, if they do form. So not as much rainfall, the chance of some damaging hail. But I do think most of the farmers at the moment should get their crops in before we see storms become more of an issue from mid-November, as you mentioned, the drier start to October, through, uh, well, beyond that rain event through far southeastern parts of Australia, has been useful so that people have been able to get through pretty much unscathed thus far. And I think that'll be the case for the next three weeks. And that includes most of South Australia as well, where they've been sort of harvesting, they've sort of been cutting their crops. And we know that you've shared your the remainder of Harvest Update today, so people can get that by following going to your website, subscribing to it. Mate, one other question I've got is, so if we start to look into 2024, my goodness, we're there already. What is the feeling? What are things telling you about what we could expect next year? We are shifting away from El Nino. That is probably the headline forecast as I'm starting to prepare the uh, 2024 outlooks as we're moving through the next couple of weeks at weathermatters.org. It just comes down to how long this peak goes for. I think we're starting to see the peak of the El Nino right now in the Pacific Ocean. It does probably uh, persist right through to January and we start to see it waning beyond Australia Day. Now, the pace of how it weakens will determine how wet and how cool it gets across the country for the second half of 2024. The first half of 2024, pretty rough ride. I think the planting season for most of our farmers, you know, the cropping game, our pastoralists looking for fresh fodder and green grass and that sort of thing. We are looking at probably lean conditions, subsoil moisture being quite poor. Uh, but thankfully, after the three very wet years, there's a very good domestic and commercial water supply right across Australia. So I think we'll get through the summertime okay. It's just now a question of how long does the El Nino last? And that's the headline information I'm offering at the moment at weathermatters.org. The other area to watch, Ollie, is what does the Indian Ocean do next winter in spring. And I'm already talking about that at weathermatters.org as well, where we are looking at hopefully in conjunction with, if not it's a neutral ENSO region or whether we do go into a La Nina, which is currently less than 5% chance, I'll just put that on the table right now, we could see rainfall totals coming up right across the country for the second half of next year. So that's how we're looking at next year so far at weathermatters.org. We are looking at a dry start to 2024. The second half, we could start to see things coming back towards more seasonal condition. Well, we'll keep our eyes and ears peeled here, Carlos. As always, thank you so much for giving us the update. (laughs) Is there anything else that you want people to know to share things for people to think about at this stage? I think with Sydney weather season ahead, a lot of people can become a little bit complacent around the drier weather issues that are associated. A lot of people love to focus on the wet weather issues and that seems to get a lot more traction in the media, social media. Fire dangers are right across your region. If you're owning property from one acre through to thousands of hectares, be weather aware across the fire dangers. Severe weather season runs through to the end of April. We are looking at cyclone season running through to the end of April and being quite active, I just suspect, from February to April. And just be on the alert for the hail that comes with thunderstorms throughout the next three to six months across eastern and southern Australia. Yes, we can be hot, but it can certainly hail its absolute tail off when it wants to in these kinds of climate situations. So that could be opposing a problem for many areas in the east and south of the country too. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for joining us as always. And if people want to know more, we've got a link in our show note to weathermatters.org. 
Thanks, mate. Beauty. I'll talk to you soon. Well, that's it for another episode from us here at Humans of Agriculture. We hope you're enjoying these podcasts and, well, if you're not, let us know. Hit us up at hello at humansofagriculture.com. Get in touch with any guest recommendations, topics or things you'd like us to talk and get curious about. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Rate, subscribe, review it. Any feedback is absolutely awesome and we really do welcome it. So look after yourselves, stay safe, stay sane. We'll see you next time. See ya.